0: Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive radical social evolution. I'm so excited. I am welcoming Todd G to the mic. He is a veteran marketing expert that has been featured in a multitude of known publications such as Entrepreneur Forbes and the Huffington Post. He has run some laps around the digital and marketing world, but today we really talk about marketing and the importance of mindset, regardless if it's marketing or whatever you're getting into, you really got to deal with the human first and then all else falls into play. This is a phenomenal business meets human conversation, and I so appreciate Todd for all his vulnerability and awesome conversation. Enjoy it, and don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and check us out on YouTube where we have all the video coming at you.
1: Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time.
0: Welcome to Tumerc and Tequila. I'm excited. We are on interview three for PodMax. I have Todd Mm -hmm. Genitasio in the house. Nailed it. Yes, I know. It's a name. And if you know a turmeric and tequila, I'll probably listen to these casts years down the road. I'll be like, oh my God, can you read? Because I butcher names so bad (laughs) when I try. I think it's a function of my brain. So there's probably a good excuse. Anyways, Todd is the marketing pro. He has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post. He's helped a variety of big brands uh, increase sales, generate leads. He knows all things digital. And he's a people person, I want to say. You're pretty social.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. You know, these days we have become very virtually social, but uh, but yeah, you know, I love people. I love connecting. I love creating communities and tribes, which is also why I love and am so drawn into the PodMax community.
0: Yeah, I think everybody has like their own little niche personality and everybody's outspoken in their own way, whether it's like the art in the background, their actual voice, their message, something. It's it's a, an eclectic group, but there's like major common denominators. It's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, totally. <clears throat> Excuse me.
1: And I have my, you know, I have like, you know, our strategy stuff up behind me on the wall, but then I also have like my five my five year old's little business plan and she drew like a picture that's a little off screen of of the family. So like it's a good mix of like business and family, you know, work life balance in the mix.
0: Yeah. Well, turmeric and tequila. We're here for all of it. It's it's just, how you don't think they intersect, but they have to. And um, I just came off the keynote speaker. It was one of my major takeaways. I love, um, the approach of like the non-selling situation, like just be you and let it sell itself. Uh, well on that note, tell us about you. Give me some background on young Todd.
1: Sure. So, uh, Today's Friday as we record this and Monday is actually the 10 year anniversary of Tresnik Media which is the agency that I started wow. back in 2011. So very exciting Congrats. um of course like typical entrepreneur fashion I have like nothing planned to for it to celebrate or promote or anything. I'm like oh maybe this weekend I'll come up with something. Sure. Um but um but yeah, you know I started off at a college um corporate career 4 or 5 years in the cubicle um and decided like you know that wasn't the life I wanted to live I really wanted to have more of a direct impact have the work I was doing have more of a direct impact like I was doing digital communications and stuff like that in corporate but you do something like that at you know a global 100 billion dollar company like who knows if you're really making a difference anywhere so I wanted to get closer to the action right and I wanted to start working with startups and small businesses and entrepreneurs so that we could really like put our foot down and make the car go.
0: That's amazing. Well, tell me like how, I mean, you started this 10 years ago. That's awesome. Congrats to yeah. there. You don't Thank need big you. celebration. Just get like uh, a, the 10 balloons and do like the cliche post you- <laughs> uh, yeah, on Instagram yeah. and just do like yeah. 10. Yay. Uh, and actually I meant to do that for my hundredth episode and then I, I didn't even do that. So I'm with you. We'll get right, exa-
1: Yeah, same. Yeah, exactly.
0: What was, for lots of entrepreneurs that listen to turmeric and tequila, and a lot of them have come from the corporate world. I've dabbled yeah. in it a little bit, but I went straight into the entrepreneurial space because I was a D1 athlete and I had enough, like, <clears throat> someone else running my life. Like, my coach was great, but <laughs> I just knew I I got that early on. Uh, yeah. What was your step one, breaking free from the corporate world and, and jumping into the entrepreneurial one?
1: So, l- luckily for me, I kind of, my my career was based on like the skill set that I built the business on. Right. So digital marketing, building websites, um, you know, kind of doing blogging before there was blogging and content strategy and social media as it came out. And so my first move was after I gave my two week notice, was i downloaded like in gmail you can go in and and like export every contact that's like ever sent or received an email from you um i don't know if they still let you do this I was do gonna say, that, that's
0: but probably ten, illegal at this point but yes yeah I'm, I'm, but I'm, 10 I think years ago you,
1: right yeah so 10 years ago you could do this um past the statute of limitations i think and um and so i i, I exported everybody that's ever interacted with my gmail account um i uploaded it into a free mailchimp uh email marketing tool sent out an email with the subject line, I quit my job today. And just basically told the story of like, you know, my passion is in helping people get their message out and make an impact and, and really make a difference. And I wasn't getting that in the corporate world. I appreciated my time there. But here's what we're going to be doing at Tresnick media. We're going to be helping entrepreneurs and small business owners get their presence online so that they can increase their impact and income and get more strategic around how they market their business. And you know, that went out to all my family, friends and any random spammer who got my email address at the time. And so that was kind of how I put my flag in the sand, so to speak, and started getting those first, like, you know, first tier referral projects. Um, Building small websites for small businesses and then got into business networking, um, doing that stuff, meeting people, taking on bigger projects, meeting bigger companies, you know, gaining more skills, making bigger impact, you know, having the case studies and proof behind it. And then just continuously still to this day, like owning and improving the process that we that we build and and implement for people and now it's become something that's much more you know kind of productized and systematized where it's if you want to really increase your your impact your reach get your message out start building your audience building your list and building an engaged community around your brand like we don't have to sit down and spend six months figuring out like how you should do that like we already know how you should do it so follow along with our system and we can make it happen
0: I think that's really a phenomenal advice. I think in every like multi-level marketing or like really simple marketing situations, they always say lean on your initial sphere of influence. Like you're family, yep, friends, exactly. whatever. So if you don't have yep. access to an email list from your former corporate job, um, right. I, I, I always think that's a, a big step one. And you're leading with you know, what is now popular, humanizing the brand of your story. So I think that's the yeah. best thing you can do. So oftentimes, totally. and, and I don't know if you see this with your uh, companies, over 10 years, I started Carol Alliance, my consulting company about six years ago, but I've been, again, entrepreneur a lacrosse company for just about 20 years. And I've seen the industry change from Polished corporate. This is how you do it. To now, like this huge amount of transparency, primarily because of social media and the internet. Um, yeah. And you're letting the human breathe through the business more than ever. Have you seen that evolution for you? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I've I've been saying that for a few years, and and it it's for a few reasons. It's funny that this shift where it used to be where small businesses wanted to try and pretend to look big, right? Like they right. wanted to look like big companies, <laughs> and they weren't taking advantage of their strength, which was the human side of the business. right? So um, that's something that connects with people. People are going to resonate when they see another human and when they hear stories and and see you as you are. Um, and that's we, we've actually ran tests like two years ago where we did have we had a client who we did like, you know, they did a, a speech on stage at an event. We had like a five thousand dollar video production of that speech cut up into animated graphics and all that kind of cool looking stuff Um, and we ran those videos and then we also just had them like direct to webcam like you and i are doing right now basically saying the same stuff and the direct to camera communication was five times uh better performance than the like highly polished production stuff you know so people want connection and that's how you connect with them
0: we i've almost even seen big companies that the small ones back in the day were trying to look big now the big companies are trying to look small and yeah. it's, it's like they're taking expensive footage and like roughing it up it's like dirty <laughs> your, your jeans that are two hundred dollars and so now yeah. they're cool because they're mudded and ripped right and, Stylish, yeah. Um, but it's it's just so funny to see the evolution. But the conversation, in my opinion, is the consumer. The consumer has yeah. evolved, and they they see it, loyalty is different. Uh, totally. Has your has your conversation or consultation completely shifted because of this consumer evolution?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and what we actually do now is kind of the old marketing agency model was you hire an agency. And then they do a bunch of research and create content and messages for you. Or they even some agencies will subcontract out a writer to then do research. Right. And then the process becomes very bloated, first of all, because then the the agency and the freelancer are going back and forth and then the agency goes to the client and then they go back and forth. And like to create one piece of content is like three months long when in reality it could have been what we're doing right now, a, a half hour recorded Zoom conversation. And so... We've transitioned into that. And so over the last six months, maybe a little longer, especially now that everyone's more comfortable being on zoom, uh, all of our content is rather than us creating it, we're doing collaborative content creation with our clients where yes, we figure out what the, you know, what the customer's needs are, what our messaging positioning is going to be and make an outline for our content strategy, but then it's me hopping on with clients and just having a casual conversation where I'm guiding it along, like what questions we want them to be talking about, but it's just like we're doing now, right? Like, and those are the kind of things. And then we take those clips and those become the ads and the full length videos become things that people sign up for as like trainings instead of this, like, Oh, I'll sign up for a webinar. That's going to have a pitch at the end of it. Like we're creating these like really great casual, informative and empowering conversations. And it's, you know, it's, it's so much faster and easier because there's no back and forth. It's like, you don't have to review this and give us feedback because it literally was you saying it. Right. And then, you know, having them on the video is what makes that connection to people and then makes them more likely to want to engage with the brand.
0: Very well said. It's, I, I often say like before old school was you're creating a story, you're doing all this and the three month timeline to get one post out is hilarious because you literally have like three seconds now. And if you miss it, you're like five years behind, like three months. is so funny, but, uh, We always say we're like we're creative professionals, but really at this point, we're not even creating. We're just revealing what's already there in a totally. strategic way.
1: Yeah. And I love what you have on your website and I'm going to butcher this. So please, please correct me. <laughs> um, but it was like it was the the third column on the right that said how this the world has changed. And there are these social feeds filled with content and a lot of it is BS and a lot of it is noise. and We can either let it be filled with that or we can come in and try to shine some light and bring actual value into the news feeds so that it becomes a valuable experience for people. And that really resonated with me. And I I loved seeing that as part of your mission, too.
0: Well, thank you. That I I received that compliment because that's deeply important to me. That's really coming from the marketing branding space, you know, there's so many smoke and mirrors. And it's not that it's all bad. Yeah. It's just some people have gotten so good at making up a story because that's a, what they've done for 30 years. Yeah. Now it's changed. And yeah. our kiddos, you know, for consuming all this media and <clears throat> whatever platform, that's their reality. Mm-hmm. So as right. I think as, as marketers, we have this responsibility to step through and be like, okay, this is cluttered noise. Let's start telling the truth because there are so many varsity humans doing really great things. And maybe they don't want to be influencers. Maybe they don't want to make billions of dollars and be right. everywhere. But their story can really change the trajectory of our young people in a really casual way. That's why I say grace. Yeah,
1: and
0: we don't have to blast. Yeah. The but
1: yeah, yeah. And the, the unfortunate reality is, it doesn't matter how good your product is. If you don't get in front of people and get them. To enroll in your vision and buy from you, then you can't make a change in those people's lives, right? Like, you know, that's where it's an old cliche, but where selling is serving. And if you don't do what it takes to attract your customers the right way, someone else is going to get those customers and they're not going to have the positive impact that you could have had
0: absolutely and it doesn't feel like selling if you're just talking about something you love and you believe in it's not exactly you know, it's not <laughs> putting your hand to somebody's neck and saying sign here because you got to pay your rent it's like i'm really genuinely <laughs> here to supplement your life with something i i believe in but yeah totally well, well, I, so I, I see the the varsity marketing uh experience but i want to know about like the human side tell me about like todd how you grew <laughs> up like how did your life influence where what your marketing uh situation now
1: yeah. So, you know, you, you said, um, earlier, am um, I come off as a people person. And I think that's always been like the core is that I've always been very sociable. My parents are very sociable people. Um, so I've, oh, uh, even though I'm an only child and maybe because I was an only child, we always were with other families, with other people hanging out. I was always playing all different sports, um, varsity bowler four years in there high you school. Wow. Um, but, also, um, you know, played basketball, hockey, baseball, um, every every sport growing up. So like from el- in elementary school, it was like you have to play everything. And then if you want to stop after sixth grade, like, you know, then you can. And then that's when it narrowed down to just like a couple things. things. Um, so there was always that part of like being part of the teams and communities and being around people and just like having fun together. Um, and then in high school, I actually uh, was... <laughs> one day going to meet my at the time girlfriend in between classes and she wasn't there. Like, you know, you have these like in between certain periods, you see certain people. Right. And she wasn't, she wasn't where we usually saw each other and her friend was there. And I was like, Oh, where is she? She says, Oh, she's, um, she's trying out for that TV show. And I was like, what TV show? And they're like, Oh yeah, there's like some TV show here. They're like interviewing kids to be on it. And I'm like, so she, so you don't have to go to class if you do that. (laughs) And she's like, She's like, no, you don't. I'm like, all right, where is it? <laughs> yeah. Boom. So I go. And um, like purely just to get out of class, uh, I went to this like audition, so to speak. And it was for uh a talk an after school talk show that had like two hosts and a group of kids that rotated every day. And so as the for the audition, it was like six kids and they would give a topic and then they have to rotate the mic, you know, everyone give give a an answer. And the question was something like, um, they were going to extend the school year. They were going to add more time to the school year, and so of course, all these kids who are trying to kiss, you know, kiss ass and get onto the show. Oh well, it would be it would be great to be in school more because then we could learn. Blah blah blah, right? Like and like after like the third person said this, I and and remember, I'm not there to get on the show. Right. I'm just there because I get out of class. <laughs> I'm like, I I t- intercept the microphone in between people, and I'm like, look, if the argument here is that we're going to add more months to the school year because you're saying September is a wash and June is a wash because no one really does anything. Then I think we need to cut the school year down and let's just start school in October and end it in May instead of making it longer. Cause that's ridiculous. I was like, and that's, that's what I got to say about that. Right. And so, and then, you know, it all ends and I'm walking out and then like one of the producers kind of tapped my arm and she's like, I think we're going to, you're going to be getting a call back. Right. And so um, I did. And I ended up on this talk show in, um, it was on, I'm in, I'm in Jersey. The show was in New York city. It was a studio and it was on uh, the, the Metro channel in like the tri-state. And it was an after it was every day after school, I went in about once a week. Um, and it was just different, like hot topics that, you know, kids would talk about and then eventually like. Kind of graduated from just like that talk show scenario. And then they started sending me out and I was doing junket press junkets, like interviewing, like. John Favreau before um, a movie was released and like doing, I, I did like a bunch of those types of things and actually ended up in 17 Magazine because they like interviewed a, like five of the kids that were on the show with like something. Um, and that was all like when I was like 16 years old. And it's funny how like everything comes around because I never was in TV or media after that. Um, But now today's world is all creating media and communications. And so it kind of always had gone back to me, this like underlying theme theme of just communication and like being authentic and being true to yourself and just speaking, you know, speaking your mind. And that's exactly what works today in business. And so that's kind of a little bit of of a relevant story to like what I'm doing today and like what young Todd was like
0: Wow, that's amazing that that happened. That life lesson happened so young at sixteen. Yeah. Which you, I mean, no offense, sixteen-year-olds, but you know very little at sixteen. And I, sure. I'm I'm forty. I don't even know that I know a lot now. Well, I was
1: gonna say I'm thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything. Yeah. the more you
0: learn, you're like, should I know nothing? Yeah. But to right. have that lesson and that like arrow in the forest pointing you in the right direction so early on is pretty remarkable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I you know, I didn't live by it every day for, sure. for the last 20 years, but, but yeah, it's definitely something that like, I look back on and it's almost something that was like surreal where like, I never even thought about that period of my life for like 15 years. Like it almost like washed away. And I was like, so once in a while I'd be like, Shoot, I was in Seventeen magazine at some point, and that's like kind of a big deal. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, it's funny how things like in life, the the older you get, the more you can look back and you're like, wow, that's so funny that it all kind of lined up on time. But just to have that that validation and your authenticity prove like paying off immediately is such a great point. I think to lean back on and you know all the time, but particularly in 2021, where as as consultants, like you kind of have to live it to really be a great consultant, and you lived it at 16.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's just it's the same thing that it makes things easy. It's funny because, you know, I, I always say I think the two things that that hold entrepreneurs back are sophistication bias and um, novelty bias. And sophistication bias is this thing we have in our brain that makes us want to make things hard. Right. So like if something appears easy we think, well, that that's probably not effective because it's easy, so I need to overcomplicate it. Of course, these are subconscious beliefs. They're not things we do on purpose. Um, but like when I talk to people about how they should create content and put it out and, and serve their audience, they think that sounds very heavy. But then when I say, do clients ever email you and ask you a question? Yeah. When you, How long does it take you to hit reply and send them an answer? It's like five minutes. It's like, well, instead of hitting reply and sending it via email, hit reply, copy that, and then paste it in LinkedIn and paste it on Facebook change it. So it doesn't have their name, but like, that's the same exact thing. Just answer questions and be helpful to people, right? The best marketing strategy is to be helpful. And so when you can make that mindset shift for your business that like, okay, if I just show up and have these, I'm already having these conversations privately, but how can I transition and leverage them into something that becomes public and and shows the value and service to my target audience? That's when you're going to start increasing your visibility. And I always say activity equals visibility equals opportunity, right? And so the more you put out and the more you serve, the more value you put out into the world. You said it before, I think like, you know, our vibe attracts our tribe. And so when you put that stuff out and when you are your authentic self, you will attract the right people back to you.
0: Yes. And so much of this is strategy as you're saying, and you can like implement little tricks and trade, but really you're like creating a mindset and then shifting a culture. So it's, it's, it's a massive responsibility. You need to be very clear on like your ethos and your core values because yeah. the power is in it. and you know, it can almost be labeled as manipulative, but it's more like coaching and guiding if your heart space is pure. But that's exactly. like, you, you got to be a really like mature, evolved human. Did you, have you taken time where you like <laughs> have had some like breakdown breakthroughs and you've done like some self-work or some like mindset stuff? Like how did that clarity happen for you?
1: Man, constantly, constantly. I'm always going through stuff. I'm huge on personal and professional development. I I spend a lot of money and time ever basically, you know, I remember the first summer after college, even before I was an entrepreneur, um, I was reading so many books on, business and marketing and, and communications, and I was like, man, I think I've taught myself more in the last three months than I did than I learned in the classroom <laughs> in school. Right. Yeah. And so um, and yeah. not not to not college, because I do believe in it for a lot of other reasons, but not the same reasons that a lot of people think. Um, but it's, it's always been something I've invested in and more so over the last year. Um, Really like I've always spent the time acquiring the skills and leveling up my expertise in my craft. And in 10 years in business, the most growth that we've had has been in the last couple of months in the two programs that I've been hyper focused on. Number one was um, investing in a, a transformational coaching program, which is all about rewiring my subconscious identity finding these limiting beliefs and these stories that are holding me back and breaking through those things. And, and then you go through what's called like disintegration anxiety because you're becoming a different person and you're letting go of this old person. And that makes you sad. And you're like, well, I'm doing this work to be happy, but I feel depressed. Like what's happening here. And it's because you're evolving and leaving things behind. Um, and that, that was number one. And number two was hiring, um, an outsourced CFO, uh, who's also part of the PodMax community now, Adam Rundle and the Clever Profit Guys. I can't say enough about them. Uh, but that created these two very interesting dynamics that, of course, you have to have the skills and and master your craft to serve your sure. clients. But as an entrepreneur and business owner, these two things, the, the, the CFO work has created a clarity that I did not have before in terms of what the numbers really need to look like for different areas of your business and and creating goals that are not just like kind of like airy-ish type of goals, but like, oh, this is what tangible things look like. And in order for me to build that business to to increase to the impact that I want to have, I have to hit these kind of numbers. And I've come to a realization this year that like, I've always lived like, you know, we're 10 years in and I've always made this excuse that we're a boutique agency and there's only a couple of us and we have fun and we only work with really fun clients. So we only work with a couple clients at a time. And I've had my eyes open through this work that like I'm playing so small. And that's such a story that I told myself for, you know, any number of reasons that I accepted that story. And, and then all of a sudden when I was like, well, you, you know, you start, everybody says, Oh, well, I want to have a big impact and I want to change the world in this way. And I want to do these things. And, and then it's like, all right, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to need a lot more money. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. if you want to have that kind of impact, you're going to need money to do it. And you're, you like, you can't work 100% for free all the time or at this these types of prices or with only this amount of employees. And it's like, holy crap. Like I do, like I'm thinking so small. And so, it, you know, just over the 10 years of how much I've spent in my skills, these two things of really investing in, my own self subconscious identity and getting clarity in what it takes to build the business properly, like those two things have created the most growth that we've had in the last 10 years.
0: Well, it's so crazy because you don't think of that. Just like in sports, like you don't think about all the time you're in the weight room. You just like think about when you're making the goal and you win the championship. But all the shitty days when you're in the training room and you're doing all this and you're like talking to your coach or unpacking whatever, like it's hard. And culturally, again, we don't, we're not, at least I didn't grow up with this being like, how do you feel? What do you really like? What are your core values? What what story are you telling yourself? Like, and we're so powerful with our minds and and rethinking our story. And we don't even believe it's a story. We just- create our reality and then believe it. It's totally so you really- and, and a
1: lot of it is we even we accept a reality that's been projected onto us. And so even if you did very like quick work on like what are my core values, if you don't really like do like that's almost like core values. If you say what are your core values, that's almost like being on the field during a game. But the actual work that helps you create core values is Doing all these different types of exercises and figuring out like why are the why do you have certain stories and beliefs and then you uncover like oh that when you first asked me what my core values were and I said they were these things like. Those are things that like are generally accepted in society as like positive core values, but like that's kind of not the priority that I really feel. And so doing, you know, doing so many layers of work is super important. And, you know, it obviously comes over time. You have to have all different types of experiences to change your perspectives and all that kind of stuff. But... But yeah, it's, it's definitely more than just like being on the field for game day. It's all the work you do every day leading up to that.
0: Oh, it's, it's so much. You see with like our great athletes and that, you know, that's always my lens because I'm a former athlete, but like the true greats, you know, Tom Brady or whatever, whoever your favorite is, there's just so much that goes in like true, true commitment to getting better. Yeah. Um, As you're yeah. saying, like a lot of pr- things are like projected on us as young humans, you know, our parents, I think some of these conversations are really new and they're yeah. not necessarily like just out in the open but was there some of that like generational narrative you carried through to your own life and like now do you operate a little bit different than your family
1: yeah it's it's really interesting um and this took a lot of the inner work and journaling and stuff to figure this out um i grew up in like a middle class kind of upper middle class-ish family like i never you know i never needed anything right like we we were always covered like everything was fine like like from that and my dad worked a corporate job like since he was like 21 right like he graduated got a job and like that was it he had two jobs his whole life and the one he just retired from he had for 33 years um he worked for nestle which is like one of the four largest companies in the world and my mom um is like kind of a combination at this point of like an interior designer and like she helps plan estate sales but she's also super spiritual so there's like this whole like she does all this like energy cleansing work on your house kind of stuff. And like, she's always been into that. And so, but like, she's had this mindset. She's always had this, like, didn't have a job quote unquote and like, didn't really make money quote unquote because she got paid in other ways. She would say, or like she'd barter stuff and whatever. And so I had that part of me. So I had like the good and bad of both of these worlds where it was like, You know, like that, there were a lot of great things that came out of that, but then that created this story for me that, like, I shouldn't make money. And then there's also my dad who worked super hard in corporate America for 30 years. So then I'm like, I'm seeing both of these things where I'm like, okay, I have to work super hard and I shouldn't make money. (laughs) I shouldn't make money if I want to make a difference. And that was literally something that I just discovered. Obviously, there's way more nuances to to it, but I just discovered about that about myself like two months ago. And um, that was a huge breakthrough for me when I kind of dumped this all out into a notebook and then kind of like repositioned it. And now when these kind of things happen, when you do that inner work, you can see them and you can stop them right? Like you, Mm -hmm. you catch yourself going into these thought patterns or these beliefs. And you're like, no, no, not like not anymore. I recognize that happening. Um, You know, that's a huge thing. And then something else that Zach Knight, who I thought he was one of the keynotes here at at PodMax today, uh, talking about leadership stuff. And and before everybody got out of the breakout room, he and I were talking about um, the book, Love Yourself, like your life depends on it. And he was talking about that in his, in his keynote about, you know, really allowing yourself to feel valuable and and accept that you're worthy of things, and to truly love yourself. And you know, it, it seems like he and I were kind of on like a similar journey with that um, with that book because I read that a couple months ago, and now I've created this like automatic loop where whenever I'm in silence walking around, like even if it's just like if I'm going downstairs to get a snack or whatever it is, like anytime I'm kind of quiet, the back of my brain automatically starts just this loop of I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. And that's been like, totally shifting my emotions to just like feel like just like my average level of happiness being higher all the time. You know, some days it's up, some days it's down. But like, my default state is this much more abundant feeling, value feeling worthiness um, that that changes things. And before I forget, I wrote this down because I want to go back to it. You were talking before about like, um, the championship, the champion mindset and stuff like that. And, and people talk about Michael Jordan as like one of the greatest champions. Right. And like, when you watch the last dance, which I'm assuming you did, um, you know, you, over the years, we've all heard the stories of how, what a terrible teammate Michael was. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was such a jerk to everyone. And it sounds like he's like a terrible person. And then even when you watch the show, you're like, man, this guy's a real, like, (laughs) you wouldn't want to hang out with this guy. But what what's so interesting is when all of his teammates were being interviewed. I'm getting chills right now. Mm-hmm. None of them said he was a jerk. They all said it made me better. Like none smart? of them you none of them were mad at him for what he did. They were like he made us all better. This was I needed this. And and now we're all champions because of it. You know yeah. like no one is like, "Oh, I hate that guy. He's such a jerk." <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Right. Right. Well, I think they recognize the sacrifice that he even had in his own world. Like that might not even have been his personal space or his or his personali- right. personality genuinely. But he knew that that's right. what it was going to take to be the exactly. one that holds everybody accountable and to carry that weight as a leader. That's yeah, that's unprecedented. Yeah,
1: totally. Like, and today and I, it's okay. again was, was, today happens to be the anniversary of the flu game. Right, um, where Jordan, thing? he where he had the food poisoning. Oh, food. Yes, he, yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And um and so I saw a post I think it's ESPN or somebody put it on Instagram and like someone asked asked Scottie Pippen like um what was it like how did you feel having to carry Michael during the game and he said. It was easy. He's been carrying me for 11 years.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, he was, he was quoted at one point being like, how do you play sick? He's like, are you kidding me? I play better. He's like, I know I have to focus harder and step yeah. into the ring in a different mentality. He's like, I usually play better when I'm sick. And yeah. whenever I was sick, cause I, I was a big, my number throughout college was 23. Like I was a fan early on and like, you know, nineties kid, Jordan was the jam. Yep. And, yep. uh, just watched everything he did, and I was every time I was sick or injured or whatever, I was like, "Jordan played better than this opportunity yeah. to shine." So, um, yeah. as your I love family- have you ever
1: seen the game? <laughs> Sorry, it's have okay. you ever seen? Um, have you ever seen the movie "He Got Game"?
0: I think so. Yeah,
1: it's with um so Ray Allen and Denzel Washington.
0: Oh my God, and, this is like uh, what, early '90s, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. like '90 90, '98, I think it was. Oh, okay. Um, and um Ray Allen's like this superstar high school player. He's basically it was like LeBron James but before LeBron James and Denzel Washington was his dad and and he was a total asshole to him, like made him train all the time. And there's this one scene where they're in the park and it's like 1 a.m. and the, and he's like 10 years old, right? Like the kid is like 10 years old, and he's like, Dad, I don't want to do this. Why are you making me do this? Blah blah blah. And he's like, he's like, right now there's only three people training: you, me, and Michael Jordan. And it was just like knowing that and like like you said like when it's sick like oh i'm sick this is when jordan played better or like even times like now like this week we had some issues um with some of the stuff that was going on with the business and i and normally that that would really get me down and send me into a little bit of a spiral and i told myself like this is what separates the pros Mm -hmm. everybody all weak and mediocre people drop off here this is where they hit the wall and they stop and they give up this is where the pros this is where the varsity athletes this is where you step up and make things happen and turn things around. Right. And so like when you have that mentality, like when you hit a wall and you think this is where my competition drops off, then you keep going. Yep.
0: And that piece right there is the varsity piece because it can't be trained. You either get it or you don't and you want it. And there's, I always say like, um, I haven't labeled it correctly, but kind of my like my law of twos. It's if you're just like a two, and this isn't going to sound right, but just you'll follow me when I explain it. If you're a two, you're just an average person. You want average things. You're good with two kids, you know, mediocre house, mediocre, but you're good. Like your mindset is chill. You're crazy varsity like us. You want the world and and great things are happening, big connections. And with that is great responsibility and stress and money and this and, and it's, it's really not a better or worse. I know it sounds like that, but it's just who you are. It's
1: just two different people. Yep.
0: Yeah. And the drive and the world needs both
1: exactly exactly it's like tim grover who's he was michael jordan's trainer a lot of jordan talk today but uh he was michael jordan's trainer and he's got a book a new book just came out winning i can't wait to read it but his other book is relentless have you read that before i have
0: not read it but i think i actually have it on my shelf yeah yeah
1: it's, it's great but he talks about them as um as cleaners and i forget all the levels but like michael jordan was a cleaner kobe bryant is a cleaner like they do it all, like, that's it. Like, they are top level. He's like, mm-hmm. and there's people who are, these aren't the words he uses, I forget. But like, there's people who are good. There's people who are great. There's people who are closers. And then there's people who are cleaners, you know? And like, it's the do whatever it takes, no matter what, sacrifice everything in the gym all night, right? Like, so that you can make it through. Like, if you're in double overtime and then you got the final shot, you're not tired, right? right. And right. that only comes from doing the work before the game.
0: Absolutely. And what's so beautiful is that comes full circle to like marketing or whatever, it's mindset. And then it's really wanting to learn, move forward. And as you better yourself, you learn, you're the, your first client, you learn how to better yourself. So then then in turn, you can be of service to your clients yeah. in basketball, in marketing, in whatever but that's a constant journey. Has your family looked back at what you're doing now and been like, oh, that's cool. Cause like, I was kind of the first one to break out and do, <laughs> I'm the oldest of four, but like, you know, life coaching and core values training and blah, blah, blah. My family's yeah. like, what? And so it's yeah. kind of been a ripple effect all the way around.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I'm kind of in the boat where like my parents, like they're like, oh, we're so happy you're doing well. But like, they couldn't tell you what I do, you know? Like, that. Well, that's you know, also true.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they don't, you know, they're, they're like-, like my my yeah. family is super pumped that like my $100,000 degree that I, cause I was only on scholarship for two years and I was out of state and blah, blah, blah. Uh. Like you're podcasting? Oh, okay. Right. like <laughs> <laughs> a, And I was actually a comm major ironically enough. And the only reason nice. I was a yeah, comm so was major I. Well, I was business, but my lacrosse schedule, I missed like three practices a week for my classes. So I just switched my major and ironically (laughs) it it worked out. Um, But it's funny. Yeah. They don't get it. I think I've just, I'm, I'm excited if I just have enough for them to like question a little bit and be like, what? Okay. That's it. Like even a little pure like perspective that we brought in. I'll take that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like I said, my mom is kind of the one who introduced me into, um, like the, self, the spiritual self-development stuff. Like even yeah. when I was in high school, like, um, there's an old book series. That I never hear people talk about anymore, but it's called community, uh, conversations with God. Okay. And, uh, I read it when I was like 14 years old and, it's not it's not like a religious book whatsoever it's like very much more about like the how the universe works and spiritual connections and things like that and like the premise of it supposedly true is that this guy neil donald walsh i think is his name was like homeless dead broke you know like worst of the worst case scenarios and like one day he takes out like a letter and he starts writing like a hate letter to god about his life right and then all of a sudden his hand like magically starts writing back, and it became like supposedly true story, and and then like part of the conversation too. It's a three book series, and it's like people aren't going to believe this is real. And it's like even if it isn't real, isn't this stuff really insightful anyway? And, yeah. and it's like okay, all right, you know. So take it take it with a grain of salt, whatever. But um, but so I was introduced to that when I was like a teenager. Not that I was always like super curious and into like philosophy and those kind of things. Um, and so when we do bring it up and my wife is very much into this stuff too, she actually did the coaching program I'm in now she did in the fall. Um, but, uh, so it's not like we don't get like funny looks if we bring it up, like, cause yeah it's something that, that, um, everyone's at least somewhat familiar with, but it's, it's funny. We don't really get into deep conversations about it. Um, uh, my wife and I do, and it's great. I love having a, a partner that is like on this same journey, um, yeah
0: for long-term, you kind of have to, I mean, there's yeah. a few things I've learned in life. Uh, And that's definitely one. And it kind of just like fosters your thought process. Cause it's a lot of FaceTime, especially during COVID. And so if you're not yeah. like having that, like intellectual stimulation, it's probably yeah. not going to be a thing, but that's amazing yeah. that you were exposed to that early on. Shout out to mom, because yeah. that, I think even that exposure, and it doesn't, I always say God, universe, or Madonna on my podcast, cause it doesn't right. really matter Same. what you yeah. believe. It's yep. just like th- the hierarchy and the believing in something bigger and then personal, exactly. how you believe like the inner, Shines outwards, blah, blah, blah. It's all the same stuff. It's just rebranded. So, exactly,
1: exactly, totally. (laughs) I always, I tend to use the universe as the word I use, but
0: likewise, likewise. How much of this conversation bleeds into your business? Because I I would assume once you're dialed in and you're in alignment with stuff, it's probably coming up organically because that's your vibes bringing that in.
1: For sure. Yeah. You know, it's super interesting, especially now over the last few months, I've been much more, Oh, I don't want to say open. Like I was closed about it before, but it's just much more naturally part of the conversations that I'm having. And I'm actually thinking about shifting our brand positioning because our most recent client is actually like a health and wellness holistic. She has like a whole tra- uh, training company and obviously trying to go virtual now. And, um, she never, it's her and she has three coaches. She never did any like real marketing, right? Like she's always like a similar, like what I said, like boutique, like they did, they did enough to make ends meet and like, they were happy because they were serving and helping people for a cheap price. Um, and she invested in herself and in her business, which I'm super proud of. And she hired us like four months ago and we started doing a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. And, um, a, the work that we're doing has not directly like you couldn't put dots between like oh they posted this and then this client came in the door mm-hmm. but because she invested in herself and because we're doing this work the end the the motion that we're creating is turning into a magnet for her and she just had may was her best month like twice as good as her second best month ever in like four years Wow, and I had a conversation with her about it, like a casual conversation um, outside of like a status meeting or whatever, where I was like, you know, I know that there's not a direct correlation here between like the ads that we're running and the the nine new clients that just came in this week. But I got to tell you, like, I believe that because you invested in yourself and you told the universe, like, I'm here and I'm serious about my business and I'm ready to grow and we're putting all this energy out like. It's that's what's attracting all these new people in and she like totally agreed with it. And so I'm starting to think about, like, how can I how can I position the agency that way where it's like, yes, we're going to do all the right strategies and systems. And like we have proven, like I can show you the numbers that we've generated for people over the last 10 years. But the reality is like you need to just get in motion in the right direction here get your own messaging, get your own values ready and come from a place of service and add value to the marketplace. And whether or not it comes directly from what we're doing here, you will start to attract more abundance into your business.
0: It's human first, always. It doesn't matter how you break it down. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear you say that because everything is ROI and measures and measurements and analytics. And I've struggled mm-hmm. with this with my consulting agency so much because they want to see yeah. like this. I built out, you know, 75 plus uh, ambassador programs and we're spending a million plus dollars or whatever. And they're like, well, how do you show success? I'm like, are you serious? Do you not see this? Do you not see the shift in things? But can I show like this person tracked to this sale? And this was the conversion here. And you really can't in right. marketing. And even people say you right. can. And it's kind of still bullshit. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we all know how to like- make well, We it do. Like and, and
1: I'll tell you what, we're very much performance driven agency. And like over sure. the last 18 months, we do have very direct, like I, I'm what we call, uh, dir- I say we're direct response content marketing. So we like to put out valuable content that does have direct calls to action and move people through. And so we are positioned to measure everything that's measurable. Sure. But I'm here to tell you, quote unquote you, uh, that like, yes, that's how we're building it. But it's th- this straight line is going to be a magnet. Yeah. for things to come from all other different directions. So even though they don't come through the straight line, this is the magnet that's attracting things.
0: Yes. And I think the stuff that is measurable is kind of like not thinking small, but it's the baseline. Like that's totally. when you're just doing all the the shiny, polished, right. strategic. And so it's just, I'm just so glad that we, we are we are in a, where we are in our world because things are shifting and people like us are right on time. So I'm, I'm so yeah. excited. I, I You have my full support in shifting <laughs> the business towards Thank you. human Likewise. first. Yeah, our energy yeah. or- I've, yeah. I've been very specific on my clients. I say mission-driven business only and it's cost me some yeah. dollars, but I don't care uh, because right. it's we got to be in alignment or it's my gifts yeah. are a waste and I'm probably wasting their time too.
1: And we do the same thing specifically since we shifted into this collaborative content creation because if you're not a mission-driven, passionate expert in your business, then you won't do well having a conversation with me you know, like if right. you are passionate, it's going to shine through and it'll work, right? Yes. The energy that's in those conversations. But I always say, these are my mar- my modern marketing principles that we based everything on. And I tell this to everybody that I talk to before we get into even a sales conversation. So they know this is how we roll. And it's that number one, customer centric. Number two, value first. Number three, education based. Number four is humanized, personalized, conver- conversation, conversational messaging. And um, number five, uh, direct calls to action so that there's always a clear next step. It's not next step to buy something, but at least a next step to take so that when you have their attention, you can get them engaged. If it's leave a comment, share this with someone, click here to visit the website, cl- you know, sign up for something free, whatever it is like, just always try to take advantage of of having their attention to have a call to action to get them to do something.
0: I love that. We got, we could go on so long. I really, I think those, those I'll say core values, business core values are amazing Uh, principles. What, anything else you want to share with us about the business that you want to put out to the universe and, or the TNT audience? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um you know practicing what i preach i do put out a lot of free stuff one i have a podcast with uh, called on air brands it's every wednesday at noon on facebook uh, facebook.com slash on air brands and i have a bunch of free resources at the slash free uh to help you with getting intentional about your marketing strategy and stuff like that so anybody who's listening who's interested in those modern marketing principles and getting your message out there so you can increase your impact like get free stuff there check out the show every week we're always putting out free stuff and i'm just here to serve and put out good vibes to the universe. Cause I know it'll come back to me multiplied.
0: hundred percent. And I like to ask every guest this is a new thing, but uh turmeric is my chill. Tequila is my thrill. What's your chill and your thrill,
1: man. uh chill is, well, I don't know. This might be both, but uh, you know, my kids
0: sure. <laughs> sometimes that's sure. the chill. Sometimes the it's the thrill. Tequila might ensue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> How many kids do you have?
1: Uh, two. We have a five-year-old and a two-year-old.
0: Oh, oh yeah. You got like young humans running around. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Tequila and a sippy cup might be in order at some point. Yeah. <laughs> That's for yeah, you by the way, days, not the know, kids. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You know, the, some, some days the liquor cabinet, we have glass doors on the cabinet and it's like, that scotch is looking pretty good right <laughs> yeah, about now. It's looking
0: at me. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. We got two minutes. Where, uh, where do we find you?
1: Uh, the dot slash free is the best place for people to go get free stuff. Connect with me there.
0: Perfect. Are you on Instagram and everything else?
1: Yep. Instagram it's is right. at growth suite. And uh, if you catch us early enough, you'll see posts from today's event.
0: Boom. You guys are on it. I, it's pretty amazing how fast things are moving and how things are growing, but I'm, I'm super glad you guys are in the mix with the uh, social and moral conscious leading the way.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. And just before we leave, let's get a quick selfie for us. Yeah, I
0: tried to take one minute things.
1: There we go. Good. Let's try to get that out. I love it. (laughs) Tag me.
0: Well, Todd, I appreciate the time. I hope we cross paths soon again. If you need anything coming from Colorado, how about your girl?
1: I will for sure. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Todd. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.